Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Support for today's show comes from Google Play. Did you know that you can now download and listen to audiobooks on Google Play? That's right. With hands-free listening using Google Assistant or Chromecast, you can enjoy thousands of titles a la carte, no subscription necessary. There's even multi-device integration across the Google ecosystem. And for a limited time, you get $10 off your first one by visiting g.co slash play slash happy hour. That's g.co slash play slash happy hour. Find your story with audiobooks on Google Play. Friends, you are listening to episode number 202, and my guest for today is Brittany Price Brooker. I met Brittany years ago, and we recently reconnected over Instagram. Isn't that a fun place about the internet? Brittany and her husband have been through hell and back in their short 28 years of life. Three years ago, Brittany's husband suddenly passed away, and she was left a widow before she was even 30. We talk about this season of suffering today, and Brittany not only shares her story with such confidence and boldness, but you're going to hear Jesus through all of her words. One year ago, she remarried her husband, Daniel, and their family grew in kids as well. Daniel's wife, Lindsay, had also passed away and they had two kids. Now, Brittany and Daniel are the Brooker Bunch. They have five kids. You're gonna love the way that they met as well. Guys, here's what I want you to know, that if you're walking through any sort of suffering, not just death of a loved one, any sort of suffering, you are going to be encouraged by the show. If you aren't in any suffering right now, you're also gonna be encouraged by Brittany's stories of people showing up for her family. Because here's what I felt when I talked to Brittany, is that we can show up for each other. And no matter how big or small your act of kindness is towards someone, it means a lot to the person who's walking through the suffering. Listen to this clip about what you're gonna hear ahead in this interview. And that's the thing that we have to go back to is not our faith, but who we have faith in and who he is and taking him on on his promises of where it says in scripture that God really is. You know, there's a scripture verse that says, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim the mercies of God. So when there was days where I felt like I was dying and I couldn't believe that I could still breathe through the pain my heart was going through, I would say, God, today I'm not going to die, but God, I believe I will live and I will proclaim the mercies of God because you are good even when my circumstances aren't good. And I would just have to preach to myself. And there was moments where you just wanted to give up. And there were moments where you thought the sorrow is too much, like I will never be able to breathe again. But then having to go back to God called me to this. There's nothing I can do to change my circumstances, but I can change me in this circumstance. Because you're really gonna love your show. Friends, if you haven't had a chance to read my new book, If You Only Knew, This is the week to take the plunge into it. Go get it from your library. Get it on ebook. Get it on audiobook and you can listen to my voice, read the whole thing to you or wherever you can get real books to hold in your hands. If you get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Lifeway, whatever you gotta do to get it. Here's what I want you to know, that if you're struggling with shame from your past, I pray that my story will help you on your journey. God showed up big time in my life and he still does show up all the time to show me that I can trust him, to show me that I'm worthy, to show me that he loves me in spite of me still continually making mistakes. I hope my story is an encouragement to you guys. Check it out. It's called If You Only Knew. If you want more information, look at ifyouonlyknewbook.net. Okay, here is my conversation with Brittany. Hey, Brittany, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, it's such an awesome blessing to be with you today. So we need to tell everyone real quick how we know each other because it is just the craziest thing. And I was trying this morning to rack my brain to go back to see how we reconnected. I don't know if you left me a message or what, but we knew each other probably 
I mean, my oldest is 14. So he was a baby when I yes, knew you. he was a cute little baby. A cute little baby. And so my husband used to travel a lot doing worship and you were a nanny for a family that the husband also traveled a lot. And so our lives intersected on the road some. Yeah, it did. It was the crazy, I think it was a camp, a summer camp. And I remember, um, I just thought you had the cutest dimples and the most beautiful smile. <laughs> so that's how I remembered when someone was talking to you, I think, about on Instagram and I looked at your picture and I'm like, I know I know that smile from somewhere that had been so long and you had so many kids. So it's I know. <laughs> life has changed yes, um, has. since then. You were, were you in high school? Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. So how old are you now? So I am 28 now. 28. Girl, a lot has happened in your yes. life in your 28 years. Yes. Um, okay. So real quick, before we jump in, uh, just introduce yourself and your family and we're going to dive in and just have such a fabulous conversation today. So go for that. Yeah. So I had three kids back to back. So I had three kids in under three years. So I was super crazy. <laughs> and like that, I married... Um, just the love of my life. And, um, we just had this beautiful marriage. And, um, one day our entire world got turned upside down when my husband, um, just dropped dead at work, which is just a crazy reality thing. I was 25 and I had a little newborn and a one and a half year old and almost three year old. Mm -hmm. And so really just had to walk through being a single mom and a widow and grief. And how do you do life again? How do you even live again? Um, and walked through that. And then I recently just remarried a widower, Daniel Brooker, and his wife had passed away about a month before my husband passed away of cancer and just a terrible long battle of cancer. And they had two small children um, that they adopted. So now people call us the Brooker Bunch because we have all kinds of kids that are abnormally close in age. So when we got married, the ages were six, five, four, three, and two. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So I thought I was tired with three and now I'm really tired. Oh yeah. So yeah. So that's a little bit about our family and just doing life together, trying to seek the Lord in the midst of the messy. Okay. So everyone's listening is going, okay, well, she just dropped a bomb on us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I remember when we reconnected and I started looking back at your, your family and your life. And I think I just kind of stalked you on the internet where you can find out all kinds of things about people. And I remember when I saw your story and I thought, goodness gracious, this girl has been through the ringer in her short years of being a wife and then a mom and then a widow and then remarried. And so I'm sure you hear this often, you know, girls, women that are married, we all think this is like one of our worst fears, right? Just mm, it's yes. happening. And so let's walk through real quick. Here are the questions that I have right off the bat for you is, I, I've seen your story. I've seen you talk about it on videos on YouTube and all the things. One of the things that I'm so intrigued about is that day that your husband passed away. I've heard you say so many times, like God was so preparing you for every single thing along the way. Can you talk to us about what that looked like from the conversations that you and your husband had the night before to what you were studying at Bible study? All of those little things. Tell us how you saw and felt the hand of God in the midst of tragedy. Yeah. So a crazy thing, as you talk about how it is your worst fear, literally two weeks before my husband passed away, I was um, at coffee with one of my best friends and we were talking about our greatest fears. And I said, you know, my greatest fear is that I would lose my husband. Mm -hmm. And so that night I went home and I talked to Patrick and I said, you know, my greatest fear is losing you. And he said, God would get you through, you know, he would. And I'm like, well, I know that, but I still don't <laughs> want to ever lose you. Like, and I think because my husband was in law enforcement, it was definitely something that I had thought of many times of when he was doing different raids or different things going on, warrant searches that can always go bad. And he had lots of moments where he could have lost his life. And so you think of those things. So every time that I would kiss him goodbye, I always knew there's, there is an opportunity really in all of our lives. And you know that life can just change an instant, but then you don't know the reality of, wow, it really can happen to me. And so the, the day before he passed away, um, he got off work early, which has not ever happened to him. He worked crazy hours, but the computer systems went down. And so he couldn't put any input in it. So he said, hey, um, I'm going to come home early, but I was supposed to disciple a guy tonight, but I'm going to do it this afternoon instead so I can help tuck the babies in bed, which, you know, every woman is like, yes, yes brownie yes. points for that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you. Yeah, exactly. So he challenged and discipled so many young men. And so 
it was very interesting because um, I didn't even know about this conversation until probably months after he passed away. But the guy told me, he said, I never told you this, but that night we were talking about the end times and we were talking about just being prepared for whenever God has for you to leave this world. And he said, I'm ready whenever God's ready for me, which is just mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. And I had no idea about that. But that night after he tucked the boys in bed, he always did daddy time. Um, I remember we sat down and a lot of times with marriage, you have, it's a lot of mundane conversation that you have to have. Like, how was your day? You know, this is what happened and this is what we're doing tomorrow and all that. And, but then there's those times in marriage where you, you really do share your soul you know, and it has that deep intimacy pillow talk. And so that was one of those conversations that I'll never forget. And as a result of a trial that was going down the next day in Georgia, he was talking about life and death. And I just remember him being overwhelmed with gratitude for the gospel and that we have an opportunity to live in Jesus and that we all deserve death, but because of Jesus, we don't have to. Um, And so we were talking about that and talking about visiting our grandparents. And we even talked about like, who do you think would die in our family that would radically change, you know, the way our family does and had no idea. Like we weren't even talking about us. We were talking about our immediate family, but extended family, like this crazy conversations. And we were talking about the gift of marriage and um, just investing the gospel into our kids. And like I said, it was just like this beautiful conversation that you don't have every day. Um, And so we went to bed that night and he prayed over me and we prayed every night and morning together that was a habit that I'm so thankful we did because I got to hear his heart and his prayers are forever, you know, sowing seeds in the hearts of my kids. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it was just a beautiful night. And I remember waking up the next morning and I had a newborn at the time and I was struggling a lot with some health conditions that was making it really hard to lift because then I'd be in pain all day and we were working with the doctors with it. And I remember thinking, I need to tell him, like, I need help in the middle of the night with this kid. And I remember the Lord telling me, Brittany, don't say that. And you're thinking like, God, there's nothing wrong with me saying, babe, I need some help during the middle of the night. Then I'm in pain the rest of the day. But I remember God telling me not to say that. So instead I said, you look so hot in that suit and I love you so much. Have a good day. Not realizing Mm, that the Lord was protecting me from regrets. Mm. You know, so those were the last words I said to my husband was an affirmation of who he was and that I loved him instead of saying I was hurting. You know, which it wasn't wrong to say, you know, right. I was hurting, yeah. but I think the Lord knew that the rest of my life, I would think, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Well, we've all had those moments, Brittany, you know, where like either with a child or with our spouse, where we've ended things not the best. And the thought has come to my yeah. mind, God, what's a, what if that's the last thing they remember about me? I think about that with my kids because sometimes yes. the mornings are just crazy. And I'm like, what if this is the last thing they remembered about their mom? It was like crazy mom in the morning yelling at them to make the bus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I love that you have had that moment and you can look back and just see, man, this is another God thing. Yes. Such a God thing. So he just so prepared our way. And even that day, um, I was the last person to find out my husband passed away. So literally like people all over the world were praying for me and I had no idea that he passed Mm -hmm. away because it took forever for the vehicle to come pick me up. And then it was raining and storming and literally all these accidents happened of vehicles that were kind trying to come get me. And I kept thinking, why can't anyone come get me? They wouldn't let me drive. And I just wanted to get to my man. But then I realized later that God literally prepared the way. So when I walked into that news, I'm telling you what, I could have taken off my shoes because it was holy ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, God was so with me and the peace of God was so thick in that room, even though there's nothing peaceful of that situation. Yet the God of peace, the one that is always there, he was there with us and it was so present. And so I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed it to happen in the moment. I was, you know, thinking, I just want to get to him. Mm -hmm. But when I look back, I can see God's graciousness and allowing it to happen that way. I was thinking about that when I was listening to your story recently and you talk about having to wait forever in the rain. And I'm like, I mean, I'm saying, just get in your car, Brittany, just go, just go. Yes. (laughs) And it had to have been just a God thing as well, because I'm sure you wanted to. Yes, I did. And you were with his mom, am I right? Yes, I was with um, my sweet mother-in-law. So we were waiting in the rain. I guess they were saying it was protocol because, you know, it was storming. You know, it's protocol with death is the reality, but we didn't know that. They didn't tell us that. Oh, I see. So he had already passed away. Yeah, he had passed away hours before. And um, 
a hard part of our story is they didn't find him for a long time. Um, we still don't really know why he died, but his heart just went out mm. of rhythm. And so they don't know how long and they, you know, did everything they could. But as a result, they were kind of trying to not allude to the fact. They just said, you know, he's fallen. And, you know, I didn't really know a lot. So okay. I thought it was really weird that they wouldn't let me drive. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that hello. That answers questions I've had. Capable. Yeah, that answers questions I've had because I remember you saying that he had already passed away. But I was yeah. confused because I knew you'd only gotten a call, you know, minutes before. But that fills in the gap is that they had not found him until, okay. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me. It was, it was one of those protocols where, and it was, I mean, it was storming that day. And so they kept saying, you know, we can get you faster. They're faster because we'll put the sirens on. So just wait, just wait. Mm -hmm. And so I just was believing what I was hearing. And I'm thankful again, the Lord was so gracious with it. Yeah. So you walk into the hospital room and you discover quite quickly that you're not going to be reunited with your husband. Do you remember who told you that he passed away? Um, I think my sister-in-law and brother-in-law told me, um, but I knew when I walked in because, um, this is kind of a weird part of our story, but again, it goes back to law enforcement. Um, but I didn't walk into a room. I walked into a hallway with people. So I didn't even see my husband. Um, but I knew as soon as I walked in the temperature of the room and I knew with all these, you know, very strong law enforcement agents that looked like they had been bawling their eyes out. I mean, you know what happened. And so they sat me down and they told me that he died. And and really a doctor came because they were waiting on me. The doctors couldn't officially tell everybody, even though everyone knew that's what happened until I was present. Okay. Okay. So worst news of your life. I mean, it's all of our greatest fear, you know, that our husband and I, I told my girlfriend today that I was talking to you and I was like, I know I'll cry. Like, and I just got choked up just now <laughs> because it is, we think about it. And if you're married, you've had these conversations just like you and Patrick did, which I just think another, just like God thing of you hearing from your husband's mouth, like God would take care of you. You're going to be okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm crying 13 minutes into our interview. <laughs> you're um, amazing. You okay. So you get this news and I mean, also your first thought is my babies, you know, I got, you, mm. I, where were your boys and talk us through like that conversation that night. So yeah, so my boys, um, I was at Bible study when it happened and my sister-in-law and her um, mom took my boys and I had to leave the hospital pretty soon afterwards because my baby wanted to take a bottle. And again, he's a newborn. And your boobies um, are like, so oh, they're going to explode. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, they feel like concrete. Yes. Um, and so I was on the way. And again, it was an hour drive. And so I remember getting in the car thinking, how do I, I mean, God, how do I do this? What do I mm-hmm. tell my kids? You know, my son's birthday was the next day and he was turning three. And so we had everything ready for his birthday and it all revolved around daddy because that was his favorite person. And so I literally had done the food prep the night before. And so I just remember driving there going, God, you have to give me the words. And so I sat my oldest son down and I told him, you know, daddy's in heaven with Jesus. He died and he's not coming back, but God's not going to leave us alone. He's going to be a father to the fatherless because that's what God's word tells us he is. And he didn't really understand it at the time, but they began to get to know it um, through the days of crying for their daddy and weeping at night and asking for them. And my one and a half year old had never said my name before, not because he couldn't, but because he wanted, he is one of those kids. And um, that night he just sat in his crib and just screamed for daddy over and over again, just weeping. Like I'd never seen him before. And so I remember just going in the room and picking him up and, and rocking in the dark of that room and singing because he lives, I can face tomorrow because I, he lives all fear is gone. And just like proclaiming that over my baby and praying that, but also weeping tears of saying, God, why have you called them to this suffering? I know that the suffering is great. And it's one thing to call me to this, but why did you call my boys to this? And just asking God, um, that's the first time I remember praying that day, God, don't waste this pain because it is too painful. It is too deep. God, use this for your glory because this world is not our home. And so that began a journey of walking my kids through eternity and through the just the really crazy reality that death is permanent 
And they can't just come back for a birthday party and they can't just come back and jump on the trampoline when they're crying and saying, why can't we go to heaven? Why can't he come here? You know, and explaining all these like deep theological questions, you know, to kids and trying to explain it on their level. Um, But God was so gracious in that. And I feel like before most kids even, you know, lose their pet, my kids have lost the greatest thing to them. And I'm praying that God uses that so they be get eternity in a different way than they ever would have before. Mm. Okay. So you've said a couple things that I want to kind of camp out on because I, I mentioned this to you before we started recording about how the suffering that you're walking through is, is, is unique, which is most of our suffering is unique, except for suffering is suffering. And um, yep. although I have not lost my husband, I've walked through some hard times and people are listening who maybe they have walked through death of a, a loved one, or maybe they're just in like the hardest season that they could ever imagine right now. What did those next days, weeks, months, what did that look like for you on a spiritual level of it's like your faith is coming into action right now. Like, God, I trust you. Um, I believe you, that you're good. Um, but there had to have been days of wavering, of feeling, I don't understand, you know, what is this? So I want to hear a couple things. What got you through those days? Uh, what was it? And um, when you look back, because 2020, it's always easier to look back, right? Show, mm-hmm. Tell me some ways that you just saw God be so faithful in the midst of your suffering. Um, you know, when it talks about in scripture, it talks about the word of God will never return void. Mm -hmm. Um, and that it is piercing our hearts. And I had always, you know, since I was a little girl studied the word of God. And so it was amazing in those dark, I mean, dark moments. Um, I remember the night after he passed away and I was, I slept for a little bit. And then I remember literally like jumping up in bed and it hit me all over again. And I just screamed out, I'll never have a little girl with his blue eyes. Mm. And um, just realizing death of dreams and just darkness of, man, my entire life just died with my husband. And and asking God, how do I do this? And, and giving him my anger, because you do have angry moments where you're like, God, I just don't get this. Mm. But giving it all to him. Now, remember God telling me early on not to fill the pain I was walking through, because you can fill it with all kinds of things. And I could fill the loneliness with friends and, and people or social media or food or whatever it was. But God said, Brittany, don't feel, feel it, feel it all and give it to me. And so I really had to surrender that to God. And so in the deepest, darkest moments, when I turned to God's word for comfort and not people and not what people said, and not even turning to the memories, but turning to Jesus and saying, God, you said that your word has comfort and has life. Um, and you you have to heal this broken heart and going to him for his word to do what he promises to do. And he always did it. And so there was a lot of moments of crying out and giving him my pain. And I cannot tell you how many times I would tuck my babies into bed and I would go on my living room floor and just weep and literally on my face and say, God, I can't do this another second unless you show up. Mm. I cannot do this. And so I would pray really, you know, crazy prayers and say, God, would you show up? Show me today that you care for me. Show me that you see what I'm doing right now. And I even remember one Mother's Day. It was the first Mother's Day after my husband passed away and here I am by myself, bathing my babies in my house that I lived by myself with, taking care of these guys. And I remember crying, saying, God, I just can't do this. God, will you show up? Do you really care about me as a mother? And um, and literally seconds after I prayed that, my doorbell rang on Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Okay, everyone's with their family. Yeah. My friend that has five kids who lives 45 minutes away, rang the doorbell and she said, I know this is crazy, but about an hour ago, God told me to get up and come to to Brittany Price's house and help bathe her babies. And I'm Stop. in the middle of bathing my babies, seriously. And this lady comes in and it was, God took care of something that he knew I was going to pray and cry out to him an hour before it happened. Mm. And so, so many times God used his people that heard the still small voice where it would have been awkward. I mean, she could have easily said, oh, that's not God. Or, oh, I have all my five kids. I'm supposed to be with them. But instead she answered the call of God. And then I had people that one time, like all my kids were sick and all they would eat was apples. And we ran out of apples, but they, again, all three kids were sick. So I wasn't going to bring them in the car and go get anything. And literally the doorbell rang again. And someone said, this is weird, but I felt like God told me I was supposed to bring you apples today. 
And literally, like, it just happened all the time where I would pray and beg God, be a father to the fatherless, be a defender of the widow, be a husband to me. And I would tell my boys when they would feel these desires for things or say, you know, mommy, I would really think this would be great because I heard someone's daddy did this for them. And I'd say, well, let's pray about it, buddy, because God cares about all that. And literally we would watch God answer those prayers. And so not only did it build our faith, but it also brought comfort to know we weren't alone walking through this suffering. And it changes the way I live my life today because sometimes I have those weird moments where I feel like, okay, God, are you really telling me to just drop off Chick-fil-A at these people's house? <laughs> right. Like maybe they already ate dinner and this is going to be awkward and nobody likes to eat cold waffle fries. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're just trying to figure out. But now I say yes to crazy things that I feel like the Lord is leading me to do because I've been on the receiving end of those crazy mm. things that God lays in your heart where God used people to literally be his hands and feet and remind me that I wasn't walking this journey alone. And that's the thing that we have to go back to is not our faith, but who we have faith in and who he is and taking him on on his promises of what it says in scripture that God really is. And then going back to his word of even saying, you know, there's a scripture verse that says, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim the mercies of God. So when there was days where I felt like I was dying and I couldn't believe that I could still breathe through the pain my heart was going through, I would say, God, today I'm not going to die. But God, I believe I will live and I will proclaim the mercies of God because you are good even when my circumstances aren't good. And I would just have to preach to myself. And there was moments where you just wanted to give up. And there were moments where you thought the sorrow is too much, like I will never be able to breathe again. But then having to go back to God called me to this. There's nothing I can do to change my circumstances, but I can change me in this circumstance. Hey guys, I know you're loving this show. Oh my gosh, you're loving it so much. But first, I want to thank our sponsors because they make the shows possible. First, I want to thank Build-A-Bear. You know, a birthday is a big deal to a kid and it's a big deal to everyone at Build-A-Bear Workshop too. At Build-A-Bear, there are special birthday offers and one-of-a-kind experiences so you can make memories that last a lifetime. Their interactive Count Your Candles offer is a fun way to make a special birthday memory while also saving on a classic Build-A-Bear furry friend. During their birthday month, kids get to count their own candles before making their birthday treat bear. The birthday treat bear is a teddy bear made just for birthdays that only costs as much as the age you're celebrating. If your child is turning five, the birthday treat bear only costs $5. When a child celebrates their birthday at Build-A-Bear Workshop, They get the full Build-A-Bear experience, plus a special birthday heart ceremony, birthday party hat, happy birthday song, and more. Visit buildabear.com for more details on the Count Your Candles offer and all the fun ways to celebrate birthdays at Build-A-Bear Workshop. This offer is valid in stores for bonus club members. Create an account in stores or online to join the bonus club for free. Okay, guys, I also want to thank another sponsor for today's show, and that is ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be so much harder than it is today. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But guys, today, hiring can really be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. It's so effective that 80% of employers get a quality candidate through the site within the first day, you guys. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rating hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners, that would be you because you're listening. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash HH. Get it? HH for happy hour. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. Okay, y'all, thanks for the sponsors. But now let's listen to the rest of Brittany's interview. And she's going to tell us about how her and Daniel met. It sounds to me as I'm listening, I'm thinking, man, how thankful are you for the time that you had invested in God's word before this hit? 
Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. I say that all the time. And whether it's married women or single ladies that have so much time to spend in the presence of Jesus and their affections can go solely to God, where you and I, we have all of our kids that have affections, you know, towards and our husband, and we have so many more distractions. And even single women, I'm like, do not waste the time that you have to invest in God's word and his presence. And it was amazing. I mean, even things when I was four years old, songs that I hadn't thought of in forever, God was bringing back. And I'm so thankful that the Lord uses everything that He places in our life, even when we don't understand it, or even sermons that I listened to when I was 16. God was bringing it back, and you're like, oh my goodness, Lord, you are so faithful to do that. Uh I remember when I interviewed Catherine Wolf on the show, and she suffered a stroke as a young mom and had a baby. And she said that some of the same things. She said, I was so grateful that I had invested the word and knew it for when I couldn't read it, and that God was faithful in that. Okay, so when did you, because the story doesn't end here. I mean, you've already told us that you're married. When did you think, I think I can love again? Because a lot of people are like, if I lost, I could never do this again. You know, um, love of my life. When did you think, I think my heart can do this again? Ooh, um, you know, I honestly, y'all, this is totally real. I looked at every guy and I thought, you are so ugly compared to my husband. (laughs) Like I literally just not, your eyes are just not even open that way. And I remember saying something to a lady right after my husband passed away. And I was like, I will never marry. I could never do that. And she said, what I just heard out of your mouth was your will be done, not God's will be done. And I was like, woo, okay. I call that a Jesus juke right there. She just Jesus juked you. So I, um, I would pray often, God, if I'm more effective for your kingdom as a widow in this loneliness and my kids to be fatherless, then I want you to be most glorified in my life and whatever that looks like, because you just realize how temporary this life mm-hmm. really is. But God, if I'm more effective for your kingdom in a different way, then God, your will be done. And so I think God started opening up my my heart to His will, and I was very content where I was. And so it wasn't even like I was looking for it or anything, but God just mm. did it. Um, and that's the only way I can explain. I had just taken off my wedding ring the month before um, I started talking to my husband. So I kept my wedding ring on, like the whole thing. And I remember God convicting me and telling me it was time to take off my wedding ring. Cause he just was like, are you really accepting the journey I've called you to walk? Yes. You'll look like a single mom without a wedding ring, but that's what you are. And it was like, I was trying to pretend that I was still married and I didn't want to give that up, but I didn't want to give the look of that up. And God was just really telling me, accept what I've called you to accept the suffering I've called you to and be content because this is where I have you. So you can either blend in in the desert or you can blossom and bloom here and have streams in the middle of the desert that I give you through the water of my word. And so I just was like, okay, God. And so I took off my wedding ring and I put it in the safe in a special spot so I can give it to my boys one day. And God, you know, just continue to do a work of accepting the suffering he's called me to. And then, yeah, so there's not really a moment where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to get remarried. Cause I'm like, what guy is going <laughs> to have this widow with this crazy story? Cause it's not like, you know, this person's going to come in and be a hero in a way because my husband, my first husband, like I still uh-huh. love him and talk about him all the time. And then I have yeah. three kids. So, I mean, I know. Diapers. it's crazy. Um, but did you ever think, because I know you've mentioned how much your boys adored their daddy. So did you think I want to have, I want them to have an earthly father or did you think I don't want anyone to replace what they had? Oh, I wanted them to have that. And Patrick did. We Mm. talked about it. And he said, if I ever die, please get remarried because my my kids need a daddy. And he also, one of the things in law enforcement that he noticed is a lot of the people that he was dealing with that had the difficulties in life were fatherless. Mm. And so he would tell me often like his burden for the fatherless um, and what, how important it was for a dad to step up and lead his family. And so it was something I knew that they would love because I remember my son started praying mm. for that before I could even think about it. I'm like, where did he yeah. even get this thought? He was praying one night and he said, God, I pray for a new daddy. I will always love and miss my old daddy, but I want a new daddy to come jump on the trampoline with me and play baseball. And I'm like sobbing <laughs> I'm in the sure, corner yeah. thinking, what in the world? What a weird life right. you live. And so, yeah. So I think it was just wanting to, wanting God's will and knowing that he was going to fill in the gaps if that didn't happen. And we can always trust him to fill in the gaps because there's gaps now, you know, in everyone's Mm -hmm. life where God has to fill it up. And so just yielding that to the Lord. Okay. So tell me how you and Daniel met. 
So we were both um, ministering to the same family. We do not live, we lived three hours apart, total different groups of people. Like I never would have met him except for both of our stories um, circulated online. And so I knew his story and I knew about their family and had prayed a lot for them. I prayed for his in-laws, like the whole thing. But I never thought I'd ever meet him. And then we connected over this sweet family that we were ministering to. And God just started to grow a crazy love story. And then I think it was after like 116 emails, he was like, well, can I call you? And I'm like, are you asking for my number? Like, this is so weird. Like, we're doing this again. This is so crazy. Like, I'm not a teenager and I'm, you know, a mom with three kids. And so our first conversation was five hours. Like, it was just... And it felt like 30 minutes. Like we just connected on all the Mm. deep levels. I I talked about Patrick. He talked about Lindsay and felt the freedom of this is our life. And this is where God has us. You know, we are broken, but we are yielded to Jesus and what he has for our life. So tell me this, because you said you would look around and be like, no one is as good looking as Patrick. Did you notice yourself thinking different thoughts about Daniel? Oh, yes, for sure. And to be honest... And that's when you were probably like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. And to be honest, before we even connected over that family, like I'd seen his picture and saw the way he wrote about eternity and his wife. And I thought, oh my word, that man is so handsome. And I was like, this is weird. And then um, I've never said this publicly, so this is funny, but I had three dreams I was going to marry him. Which is Stop crazy. it. Before y'all even talked on the phone? Yes. And I didn't tell him that until we were engaged because I didn't want to freak him out. I was like... What'd you do with those weird. dreams? Like you wake up and did you feel guilty? I mean, that's... A- it was so weird because I didn't even know this person. The first time it happened, I didn't even really like read anything about him. There's just like this random guy in my dream. And then... The second and third one, I called my best friend and I'm like, this is so weird. I had this dream where this guy, Daniel Brooker was in it and I felt his, he put his hands on my um, shoulder like a friend would, but I felt the comfort of Patrick. And I felt this, you know, weird connection with him, just like I did with my first husband. And it's so weird. And I feel weirded that out that I'm like having these dreams. Is this okay? I was like, I'm not telling anybody else. And so I definitely told, you know, my best friend and we talked about it. Um, but yeah, and then I didn't want to freak him out be like, cause I was like, I don't know what the Lord's doing. Maybe he's just trying to open my eyes to remarriage. I don't know what this dream is about, but yeah, that dream actually came a reality, which is crazy. That's crazy. Okay. So you guys start 116 emails and then you talk on the phone for five hours. You had to have thought, listen, I I don't have time to like date if there's not an end game. I mean, you know, it's like you've got three kids. I'm imagining, I have no idea. I'm imagining that you're not out to be like on the dating scene. Did you have those conversations pretty soon of like, what, what, what are we doing here? Um, yes. And the crazy thing is we knew we needed to meet up, but my speaking schedule was the craziest it is any time of the year. So we had to wait a month to even meet. And so we just spent hours and hours on the phone getting to know each other. And I remember I asked him, I was like, so what are your thoughts? Um, did you ever think you were going to have a big family? I was just like, kind of like, <laughs> kind of him hobbing around. And he said, he just paused and he said, Brittany, if I wasn't okay with having three more kids in the possibility of marrying you and having a family of five, I would not be talking to you right now. Uh, and I was like, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> so he was very direct. Um, God had really spoken to him early on and really the Lord had spoken to me too. And he was very direct that he would not be talking to me unless he saw the potential for marriage because we both had kids and we had a crazy story and we were not going to waste around with anybody's heartstrings, um, especially our precious little babies. I was going to say, especially your kids, yeah. Yeah, so we were very intentional with that early on. Um, and then also, we went to counseling early on before we were engaged. We went to counseling and then I have um, some amazing mentors and counselors and he does too in his life. And so, I mean, from the first conversation, I called one of my counselors and was like, okay, this is what's going on. And so we had a lot of wise people that were neutral um, speaking into our life and challenging us, asking us the hard questions so that it wasn't just us, you know, on emotions. It was really the Lord leading us and then some wise people that were investing in us. That's so smart. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it leads into like now. I mean, now your life is what it is. And how long have you and Daniel been married? It'll be a year actually when this comes out. So it is uh, July 16th. Isn't that crazy? I just had to think about it. (laughs) Um, And how long did you guys date before you got married? So six months. Okay. No, listen, I'm like, oh, that's just amazing. So I want to know this too. You're a year into marriage. 
blending families together, not only just you and Daniel bringing in your kids, but you've got your kids have like probably 8,000 grandparents exactly. because of their, their <laughs> life situations. So you're blending a lot of families together. I would imagine that this has been just an amazing, fabulous, wonderful year. But let's be honest, I'm sure it's been hard as well. What oh. has it been like to walk into this new season that is so full of joy and happiness and a new way, way that God has written your story together, but also never forgetting the fact that there's still so much sorrow involved in your story. What has that been like? You know, it has been a very gut-wrenching year. And I think the way of explaining it is God just stripping us down where, well, all we have is Him and that's what we're leaning on and not people, not relationships, not our story, but in Jesus. And so it has been very difficult um, because you do, you have all this outside influence of this is how you blend families. This is how you do marriage. This is how we think you should honor people. This is what we think you should do with your kids. This is what the kids should call everybody. I mean, you have all that navigation I'm, I'm talking about random people on Instagram that are like, hey, what do the kids call you guys? And we have an opinion on that. And whatever it is, we had a lot of just everyone telling us what, what they think we should do. On top of dealing with the gut-wrenching moments of our kids waking up during the middle of the night and crying because, you know, they had another dream that Daniel was going to die. And, um, you know, my son putting rocks behind his, his tires saying, you can't go to work. You can't go to work because he remembers when his daddy went to work, he never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a lot of those hard, hard moments of the real reality of grief. And yet also telling them it's okay to be happy and it's okay to laugh and it's okay to dance. And so we've had a lot of journeying through, God, what do you have for our family? What does our family look like? And how do we honor the past, but also enjoy the present? Because you can do both at the same time. You know, I can absolutely love my husband, Patrick, and miss him. And I can absolutely love my husband, Daniel, and enjoy him today. And we have this weird journey of walking through sorrow and joy at the same time and telling my kids it's okay because this is where God has us. We didn't choose this. And, you know, we would love to say that we just walk through happiness, but we have really hard moments where all the kids are crying over different things or Daniel and I are struggling with flashbacks or things that happened from our past that we're processing through. And, you know, even me doing stuff um, as far as expectations for Daniel and Daniel being like, I don't even like that. Why did, mm-hmm. why did you buy me that? And I'm like, oh my word, I bought it for the wrong husband. Like that was mm-hmm. Patrick's favorite thing. And I was trying to bless this husband and I confused it in my head. And so you have all these weird navigating things and you do have four families and you're trying to, you know, honor people and include everybody. But then we're also in this crazy journey of, you know, I went from three kids that were home all day, little toddlers to in a day, I had five kids and I have, you know, three kids in school now and I have IEP meetings and I have therapies and counseling and, you know, you just, your entire life changes. And so we've had a crazy year of just transitions, but I feel like something that we didn't expect is the bond of our family is so strong and Mm. so precious. And you would never know that we're a blended family. If you're around us, my kids will just stick up so much for their brothers and sisters. And they will tell everyone, this is my brother. This is my sister. And so that's been just beautiful. And then our marriage has been so much stronger, I think, because of it, because we've leaned so hard on Jesus and each other. And we've had to talk through a lot of really deep things instead of surface level, you know, of like, oh, how do you wrap your Christmas presents? My family does it this way. You know, like the typical marriage, you know, struggles are you have socks on the floor where I like remember when I saw his clothes on the floor for the first time I sat down and I cried and I thought, God, I never thought I'd be able to, you know, have this gift again of having a husband, having men, men's clothes in the house again, (laughs) you know, like you just enjoy different parts of each other because you walk through loss. And so the little things, they don't tend to aggravate you as much because you realize what a gift it is or with the kids, you know, knowing that, you know, what a gift it is to have children. A lot of people, that is their hearts cry and they would give anything to have all these messes from these kids and all these therapy meetings because you have children, you know? And so you're having to thank God for the everyday blessings in the midst of the chaos. You know, and I can see how it is an extra like added piece of just grace and kindness of God that you both um, you and Daniel have walked through the same thing. And so when you have that, you know, breakdown or that moment of buying the wrong thing for the wrong husband, 
he gets it, you know, yes. because he didn't walk into this free of that kind of suffering as well. You both walk through the same thing. And so I would imagine that your grace towards that grieving, oh, it is just better than anyone could ever. Like he offers you something that only he could offer in a, in a weird yes. kind of way. Yeah, I remember um, the anniversary of my husband's death came and the night before I just, it just hit me and I sat on my couch and I just started weeping and he walked in and he saw me and that's not something that, you know, happens every day. I mean, we do cry, but like where I'm weeping, you uh -huh. know, and he came and he held me and he said, you, you never have to cry alone anymore on your pillow at night. Now you get to cry on my shoulders. And I said, I'm so sorry. I will not always be this way. And he said, well, I'll always be this way. I will always be here for you no matter what. And I just was like, oh my goodness, only Jesus could do that where there is no jealousy. And he, he says all the time, I'm so glad you were loved so well, mm -hmm. you know, which is such a beautiful gift. Yeah. Yeah. There's no jealousy. Um, on a much, much different scale, I was tucking one of my kids in the night of Mother's Day, and uh, it's one of my sons that joined our family through adoption. And we just had the deepest, greatest conversation about the fact that he has a first mom, his birth mom, mm. and me. And we had this, it was not a new conversation. We had these often, but he, him and I cried together over just mm. that scenario that this is how his life is, is the fact that he, that this is part of his story, that he joined our family through adoption. And I told him, I said, it's okay to be sad about that and happy. Because he said to me, he yeah. said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And I got to tell him like, oh, buddy, I, I, you'll never hurt my feelings. You can love mm -hmm. her and me at the same time and it's okay. You can be sad that that happened and happy about your family at the same time. And so I thought to myself, man, what a, what a lesson to teach a 12-year-old when yes. I'm we all still learn that is that there can be sorrow and joy at the same time and that's okay. Yes, absolutely. And it's teaching your kids about talking about their feelings, you know, and there's been moments where, um, you know, Aubrey was telling Daniel the other day, she was crying about something and Daniel's like, what's going on? She said, mommy said, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry because, you know, she struggled with even crying, you know, in front of people. So she would just cry in her pillow at night. And so I remember one time I was doing dishes and God said, you need to go check on Aubrey. And everyone had been in bed for half an hour and I walked in there and she was crying. God had just prompted me. Like I never would have heard her because she was so silent. And I sat there and I just cried with her. And I said, you know, I miss Mama Lindsay so much too. And I can't wait to meet her. And do you know what she said about you and how much she loved you and, and being able to give them the freedom to talk about them and to miss them and say, we miss them too. And we can't wait for eternity, but it is giving them an opportunity to feel those things so that they process through them. And it doesn't come back to bite them later on um, because they packed it away and put it in a closet um, where it's going to fall back on them later. You know, they can process through and be in a healthy place. Yes. Feelings are good. It's good people. It's good, good, good. Um, Just give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Uh, okay. So five kids, um, which yes. I admit when I first started following your story, I would catch myself looking at your photos on Instagram and go, I don't even know which kids she brought into the marriage. Like I didn't, I was like, <laughs> I don't even know, which I'm sure is a good thing for you to hear that it just has yes. been, you are now just this one family presenting uh, before you. Okay. So you mentioned speaking. Do you get to travel and speak a lot? I do. So we have a, um, a board, you know, on our ministry team. And so there's a certain amount of days that I'm gone. Um, and then the rest of the time I'm a full on mom. And so it's a blessing to be able to do ministry, but also keep my priorities straight. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, okay. So blessing. are you a reader? What are you reading these days? Oh, yes. So I just finished a book called Choosing Marriage, um, and it was phenomenal. It was written by a counselor, um, but just so biblically based, but it's so practical too. So I was like, you know, sometimes you'll read those marriage books and it's so, you know, in depth that you're like, okay, I get that. But also how do I work through this everyday scenario? It had both and awesome questions. And so I just finished that and it was amazing. Good, good, good. Okay. What are you loving these days? Um, so I really love concealer um, because I'm a tired mama and mascara. Um, I'm always a big mascara believer because I got real blonde hair and my eyelashes. You don't even know I have them unless I have <laughs> mascara on. Um, and then I'm really loving this um, app. It's called the Daily Audio Bible. And okay. so I can listen to scripture while I'm doing dishes or in the car, but it's more, it's animated. And then he does a recap of what we listen to just in case you miss stuff Ooh, um, like in that. his own terms. But it's, it's been awesome. 
awesome. I love the app. So it's an app or you? it's a podcast? It's an app that you listen to. So every day it has a different up. And it's just, it has a um, Psalms, Proverbs, New Testament, Old Testament. And if you listen to it every day, you listen to the whole Bible in a year. Um, awesome. And so it's awesome. But I get stuff out of it instead of, you know, the you know, the typical when you listen to the Bible and it's like, and they did this, da, 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 yes, da, and you're trying yes. to like listen to it. Well, this is not, it's animated and he's listening, you know, he's speaking it out. Someone's actually reading it. And um, I just love it. It's been a blessing. Okay. I'm going to look that up. I love that. And I'm going to look it up for my kids too, because. Yeah, they have a kid's version too, I think. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, okay, Brittany, anything on the horizon for you and your family or your man, anything you want to share? Are you good? Um, yeah, well, we're just in the crazy season. I'm taking a couple months off of um, traveling for the summer and just being all in with my kids, which will be awesome. But we do have a couple speaking things and um, some ministry things that are on the works. And we're just yielding to God to see what he does. Yay. And happy anniversary. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know we made it through and God has been so faithful. We're so grateful. One year down, girl. You got it. Yes, got it. exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Brittany, I am beyond grateful for you coming on and spending your time talking with us. Um, I hope as people are listening um, that they don't just walk away knowing more about your story and what you've been through, but they walk away um, believing that God is faithful and that God will not leave us in the midst of our trials and suffering. So it's not about the wounds, it's about the healer. And we're so thankful that he came to heal. So thank you for the time to be able to talk about Jesus. Ah, love Jesus. He is the healer of all things. Uh, Okay, girl. Happy anniversary. Have a great summer. All right. Thanks, girl. Bye. You guys, I told you you would love it. I was not kidding. It was such a great conversation with Brittany. When she talked about walking through sorrow and happiness at the same time, I needed to hear that. And maybe you needed to hear that as well. If you know someone right now that's walking through some sorrow, would you share this episode with them? I think it would really, really bless them. I'm so thankful to Brittany for her bravery to share her story with all of us. I hope that no matter where you are in your world today, that something encouraged you through our conversation. Today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Jamie Grace. For real. I know. I told you that she'd be on earlier the month. We had technical difficulties. It is what it is. Jamie Grace will be here next week. Unless, of course, we have more technical difficulties, but I hope we don't. Guys, enjoy your week. Happy middle of July. Share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you guys back here next week with my friend, Jamie Grace. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.